Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are here. It's a joy to have you. My name is Drake. I'm the pastor here, and it's an honor to be gathering with you guys today. How many of you guys enjoyed the awesome community night on Friday night? How was that? So good, so good. If you missed out, we had an epic Halloween community night on Friday night. Tons of our friends and neighbors, coworkers, family members all came, and it was quite the party. I did not win the costume contest, though, because someone sabotaged my costume, and I had a doppelganger in the room, but I look pretty good as Alan Grant. Let me just let you know, okay? So if you missed out, you just don't know what's going on. We had a great party. Thank you guys so much. It was an incredible outreach event for our community. Love to serve in those ways. Uh, to be clear, this is my bad for giving Fitz incomplete information. Munchkin Masquerade is tomorrow. If you're interested in helping out, 3 to 6 p.m., face painting, handing out candy, all of that downtown on Pearl. We could use your help if you're interested, so circling M there. Uh, in addition, that Food for Families initiative, uh, while we're serving families in need in our community uh, with a lot of different organizations, uh, we really this is a season of empowerment for our church, and so you're going to get a flyer on the way out with information on how to give a bag for this Food for Families initiative, and so look for those on the way out at the door, and they'll, they'll hand them to you. Um, so hey, we are in a, in a series on the Holy Spirit. How many uh, of you guys enjoyed Jay Singh last week? Like, yeah, three-hour service. It was amazing. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It was really good, though. Uh, great to have Jay out, a, a friend of mine, pastor from India. Um, and it was a really, really helpful day. Ho- hopefully it was encouraging to you. If you're a guest with us, listen, I don't know where you're walking in on your spiritual journey. Just a couple of quick notes. No matter where you're walking in on your spiritual journey today, you are loved, safe, and welcome here. Our desire here is to help uh, people find their way to God from where they are, and so that means that wherever you're walking in, we want to meet you where you are and simply help, help you take some next steps, whatever that might mean for you today, okay? And so hopefully this will be a helpful space for you. But as we're in this series on the Holy Spirit, uh, it's, it's been kind of a, a building series, and so you can go back to our YouTube channel and our podcast to kind of catch the first couple of weeks. First three or four weeks, we dealt with asking the question, like, who is the Spirit of God? And like, what, what are we talking about when we're talking about the Holy Spirit? And then I kicked off two weeks ago with a transitional teaching on the things, the, the stuff that the Spirit does, right? And so you might want to go back and catch that one specifically because it hinges on where we're going for the rest of the fall. And so if you missed it, you can catch it. But two weeks ago in that, that conversation, we talked about the stuff that the Spirit of God does in and through us. And so we spent most of our time on that week in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I'll throw two verses up on the screen for you real fast as we get into today's conversation and you can catch up with me. So I kind of gave you these two bookends two weeks ago and we're going to pick up where we left off. And so we started off Paul telling us, Paul was like this guy that was uh, against Jesus and doing everything he could to shut down the church, and then he becomes a Jesus follower, and then he becomes one of the most influential followers of Jesus 
to date, wrote over a third of the New Testament that we have today, planted tons of churches in the Mediterranean, really amazing guy, and in part of it, he's writing, giving instructions to this little new, probably not little anymore at this point, but this new church in Corinth, much like City Church, three years old, kind of young, figuring out what it means to do this like life in community, life with Jesus, life on mission, life in the world around us kind of thing, and so he's giving instructions to them, and and when he gets to chapter 12, he says, hey, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed, which two weeks ago we talked about. That's kind of ironic because like that's still the same space that most of the Western church is in today. When it comes to conversations around spiritual gifts and, and the Holy Spirit, things like that, uninformed is a really good word to sum up the, the, the felt space of most Western followers of Jesus. But then uh, we, we saw that 12, 13, and 14, those three chapters are all working together in this conversation around the stuff that the Spirit does. And so Paul kind of kicks, or I'm sorry, lands in 14 with with this encouragement, pursuing love, like love is the goal, the gifts are not the, the, the goal themselves, but loving others well, and then earnestly desiring the gifts of the Spirit. And so a couple weeks ago, I just said, hey, what would, it, what would it look like to open up our lives to all the stuff that the Spirit wants to do in and through us? Now, what I did not give you two weeks ago that I'm giving you today is the tail end of this verse. <laughs> he says, pursue love and earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And I didn't give that to you because I don't want to freak you out. Because some of you watch too much Harry Potter, and you're not sure what to do with that word. And I love Harry Potter, by the way. But right, when you hear that word prophecy, like what comes to mind? Either big question marks, or like abuse, or really weird stuff, or right? Our minds kind of go to a lot of different places, maybe some future telling, or maybe some tea leaves in a cup, or right? I don't know what it is for you. But when we dig into the scriptures together, we're going to talk about what, what, what this invitation is. It's unique here that Paul tells us to Again, earnestly desire the gifts, but he says put at the top of the list. And we looked at that list two weeks ago, right? So out of healing and faith and all the miraculous, at the very top of the list, he says, I want you to pursue prophecy. Really interesting. So we're going to talk about that today. Now, I don't have time to cover it all today. I don't even have time to get through all of the verses in chapter 14. So I highly recommend, if you haven't already, we encourage you normally to kind of have some God time throughout the week anyway. And so like a chapter a day journal and Bible. There's Bibles in the seatbacks in front of you. You can grab one of those if you want. Grab the journals. All of that's for you. But like dig in. Open up for 1 Corinthians 12 on Monday and then read 13 on Tuesday. And then, you know, maybe you have a hard day and you get like half of 14 on Wednesday and the rest on Thursday, right? That's super progress. So give it a shot this week when you get some time. But the conversation we're having today, um, I'm not like the smartest person in the room. I'm just like the dude that got here first. You guys with me on that? And so uh, um, I've learned a lot from a lot of incredible mentors. So if you're interested in learning more about this, there's a book by Greg Haslam called Moving in the Prophetic. It's an incredible, helpful tool in this conversation. Another uh, mentor of mine, John Mark Homer, have learned a lot from that guy, as well as a ton of other scholars I don't have time to mention. But just know that like none of what we're talking about today is original with me, right? I'm like not the sharpest crayon in the drawer. I'm definitely here to help, though. And so as we give uh, this word prophecy, what we're talking about, again, I don't know what you're thinking of, where your mind goes, but that word literally translated from the Greek, it means a divine utterance, or maybe a, a, a more simple version is a word from God. And so again, not like Harry Potter, not like future telling necessarily, but, but a word from God, that God is speaking. And so two questions before we get into the conversation today. Number one, and I don't want you to answer this out loud, I want you to answer this internally. Do you believe that God, if there's a God and he exists and he, he's for us and he loves us and all this Jesus stuff is true, depending on where you're walking in, do you believe that God speaks today? 
like, like in your mind, do you believe that God speaks today? And, and you might have different ways that you answer that question. Um, or was it like at the end of the, you know, the, the Revelation 22, like the end of the Bible, like it was just kind of a mic drop and Jesus was like, sweet, peace, see you later, see you at resurrection, right? Like is, is that no, no more, God doesn't speak at all at the end of, of Revelation 22 or does God speak today? I think we, if we took a poll of our church, we took a poll of, of a majority of, of Western Jesus followers, a vast majority of people would say, yeah, God speaks today. Now, now what that looks like, whether you've ever heard an audible voice, things like, I mean, those are the things that are going to be on the table, but does God speak today even through impressions? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so, and I think polling our church, that would be true of our church as well. Let me ask you this question. Has there ever been a moment in time when something has come to your mind, or, or it's like just been really heavy on your heart, like out of nowhere, like just something hits you, like for someone else, like, and it's just like so heavy and so present that you just kind of feel compelled to reach out to that person or to say this thing. Like, have you ever had one of those moments when like something just hits you and you just like, you need to reach out to that person, you need to say something? You ever had one of those moments? Three of us, great, perfect. The rest of you, you can just hang out with us for a minute. Have you ever had a moment where you acted on that kind of impression, right? Where you got that, you know, you reached out, you sent the text, you gave the phone call, you, you went across the room after church and you said, hey, I, I just want to give you a word of encouragement, right? and you just say something encouraging. And then have you ever done whatever that is, like you had this moment and you felt like you should say something, you said it, and have you ever received back from the person you said it to, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. Have you ever had that happen? In its simplest form, that, that, that's prophecy. When we're talking about prophecy in its simplest form, that, that's how God can use us, okay? So, so before your mind goes to like weird spaces in its simplest form, that's exactly what we're talking about. Is God giving you an impression, a word, an encouragement, something like that, and, and then we deliver it, and it actually serves a purpose of building someone up. So it's actually not as weird because that happens a lot, doesn't it? You're like, oh man, I've been a prophet this whole time? Maybe not, maybe not, but we'll get there. So, hey, we're going to do a little bit of backwards work in the, in, in the scriptures, and then we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 14. You guys down? Not that you have a choice, but we're going to go there. Uh, uh, if you're taking notes, I highly recommend it because we're going to cover a lot of ground today. Um, I don't have time to read it for you, but if you went to Genesis 1, open up your Bible, the Bible in front of you, to that very first chapter, and we see the kind of the creation account starting. Over and over again, we, we see that through God speaking, things are created. So just a really quick point, from the very beginning of, you, you know, you open up the scriptures and the accounts that we have, from the very beginning, God has been a speaking God. God wants to speak, God continues to speak, and there's all sorts of ways that God speaks, and we're not going to talk about all of them today, but one of the ways that God speaks is through people, yes? Many of you in the room, and again, we're not talking about like someone downloaded like your life plan and vision for you, like, hey, God told me. No, like, it doesn't have to be that, but many of you in the room have received a word from somebody where you felt like God spoke through them to you, and it's not as weird as it sounds when we bring it down to this level, and so um, have you guys heard of Moses, you know, the, like the Old Testament dude, you know, the you shall not pass, that guy? I'm glad you're paying attention. I did that a couple weeks ago, and everyone was like, yeah, no, that's Gandalf, Okay. It's Halloween, we're just having fun. Uh, uh, Moses uh, with the Ten Commandments, that guy, he, he, he's, he's what we would call like in the scriptures the, the first prophet. And what we see with Moses that we don't see today, we're going to talk about that, the difference of Old Testament and New Testament prophecy, is God would speak to Moses and then Moses, Moses would speak to the people on behalf of God, right? And everyone just kind of took Moses at, at the word and, and, and they followed Momo there and, and that he was like the first prophet, right? Well, 
God uses Moses to bring them out of slavery. I'm just like, really fast course history lesson here. And then fast forward a couple hundred years, and the, the, the nation of Israel is struggling immensely. And then we see the prophet Joel show up. So here's, here's a prophet in the Old Testament, and here's what we see in Joel 2. And, and I promise we're going somewhere helpful. Uh, so Joel has this, this uh, vision of, of what's coming in light of the, the predicament that they're in right now. So this is way, way, way before Jesus. Afterward, um, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. We've talked about this before. This is God's promise. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Not some people, not just Moses, not just a few special elite, all people. Your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so the prophet Joel sees a day coming when God's going to pour out his spirit on all people, those that are his followers, and all of them are going to prophesy. Okay, so, so I just want you to kind of have the context of where we're going today. So now fast forward all the way to Acts chapter 2. So Jesus shows up on the scene, and he's amazing, lives a perfect life like you and I can't, dies the death that we deserve, rises again, proves that he's the son of God, ascends into heaven. The, the, the church is launched because the Holy Spirit of God falls on all people for the very first time in Acts 2. You can go read it on your own. We read it a couple weeks ago. But then right after the Holy Spirit, literally the prophet Joel, right, this whole thing, the Spirit falls on the people of God. They all start speaking in different languages. And there's people from all over the Mediterranean there from, that speak all kinds of different languages. And everyone is hearing all of these different people speaking in their own language. And they're like, how is this possible? Because they're not from this area. They don't know my language, but I can hear them. And they're hearing them talk about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And they're like blown away by this moment. We're picking up in Acts chapter 2. Check it out. Some in this moment, when, when all of this is going on, they, they made fun of them saying, man, they've had too much wine. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in a church like that where you're like, hmm, this is not the church for me. We talked about it. We're charismatic with a seatbelt here, okay? And so we're all about all the stuff the Spirit wants to do, um, but we're not about the crazy. And so they're looking at him like, mm, these people have had too much wine. I love it. Peter, one of Jesus' like really close, awesome dudes, right? He stands up, a little bit of boldness with the 11, raises his voice, addresses the crowds. Fellow Jews, all of you who live here in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. We save that for later, right? He's just logical argument here, right? So in this moment, they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Peter stands up and addresses it. Now watch what happens. He goes on. He says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I just read it for you. You guys tracking with me where we are right now? Okay. In the last days, literally the same prophecy, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And so, so Peter stands up and he says, hey guys, this is what Jesus was talking about. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what King Jesus came to introduce. This is that prophecy real time right now. And so again, I'm just catching you up theology wise on like, what, what are we talking about when we talk about prophecy? So it's, it's a thread all throughout the scriptures that we don't have time to cover. But there is a difference between prophecy in the New Testament and prophecy in the Old Testament, Moses, and what, what's happening here today. And so I, I would say as we get into the conversation today, what we're talking about is less of an 
audible voice from God. Not that that doesn't happen. It's never happened to me. Um, I don't know anybody personally that it's happened to, but I've heard plenty of stories, so I'm not saying it's off the table. But very rarely is it an audible voice from God, but we, we would often see it as impressions from the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But let me give you real fast three parts to prophecy before I get into the text today. And this is just to help you understand, like, what are we talking about? When we're talking about prophecy, what are we talking about? Number one, we're talking about revelation. Meaning we receive something from God's spirit. Now don't get weird and spooky, okay? This is like just, you receive something from God. So two weeks ago, we're in the room at 945 and we're praying together. There's 20 people in the room. We're praying for you before we gather. And the word anxiety keeps just flashing in my mind. I can't, like it just, every time I, I, it's just over and over again, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. I'm like, what is that about? I say, God, what is this? What do you want me to do with it? And I stand up and I say, hey, does the word anxiety mean anything to anyone in the room? And then the entire room raises their hand and there's clearly a spirit of anxiety in the room as we're praying together. It's as simple as that. We receive something from God's spirit, right? It's not like weird. But this morning, I, I felt like I had to send a text to a friend. So, revelation, we, we receive something, something from God. Number two, interpretation. This is important. We ask, what does this mean? Okay, so this is not audible voice from God, thus saith the Lord, uh, you know, type of Moses stuff. This is an impression from the spirit. We receive something from God. Then we ask, God, what does this mean? You don't just act on it immediately because you could be wrong. What does this mean? And number three, application. God, what am I supposed to do with this? So this is, again, if you're asking like, hey, how, how do we kind of press in? If Jesus wants to do this stuff in his spirit through us, how do we press into the gift of prophecy? Right here. Just a little bit of a helpful framework. I mean, it might be a little cheesy, but just a heads up. This is the same process we use in Scripture. Right? Like, like if you go on our website, you get the tool for scripture, you open up your Bible, what do we do? We don't say, oh, what does this mean for me? We say, what's it about? And, and why is it important? And then what do I do with it? So it's the exact same process of interpreting an impression from the Spirit internally and in the scriptures. You guys following me? Okay? All right, here we go. So uh, I just, just helping you understand, like, how, how do we walk through a prophecy together? But let me give you a quick case study on this so you understand how this works real time. So I was talking to you about Paul, the dude that wrote uh, the letter to the, to the Corinthians. This is Acts 21. So this is just in his story. You can go read the book of Acts on your own time. It's incredible to watch how God is working in and through that. But uh, they're, they're running around planting a bunch of churches in the Mediterranean. And leaving the next day, they, they reached Caesarea, and they stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Okay, so again, you just see this all the time. It's not unique to any, like, individual or an elite class or men and women, slaves and poor. Like, it's, it's all for everyone. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. So there's a guy, and we'll talk about this, the difference of, like, this being open to, to God doing it through all of us versus someone who's gifted in this. There's a difference. We'll talk about that. But watch what happens after this. This guy, Agabus, comes over to Paul, takes his belt. It's a little aggressive maybe a little awkward, ties his own hands and his feet, feet, feet with it, and he says, the Holy Spirit says, this is pretty bold, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And when we, being everyone that's gathered with Paul, when they heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem, right? They, they see this prophecy and they're like, oh man, this means you're gonna go to Rome and you're gonna be killed. So God's given you this, so don't go. But watch what Paul says in response, it's awesome. Then Paul says, why, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. <laughs> right? Like, kind of like, well, 
all right, we're not convincing Paul otherwise. And I, what I want you to see, here's a case study, okay? Uh, not only, I mean, do we see prophets throughout the, the scriptures, but we see this guy named Agabus show up. He has this prophecy from God. And everyone interprets the prophecy as what? Oh, no, Paul, don't go. You guys saw that, right? And then what did Paul say? Actually, I think I'm supposed to go. So who's right and who's wrong? See, there's a difference of Moses and just this is the word from God. This is why we say, okay, revelation, God, what do you want to, what are you saying? Interpretation, what does this mean? Application, what am I going to do about it? So this is a perfect example of Paul understanding, and you can read it later in Acts as well, Paul clearly understands that God has a different plan. This is God confirming for him the very thing he's supposed to do. So this is why this is a really helpful uh, conversation for you and I. Okay, there's a difference between Old Testament prophecy and what you and I use today. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. You guys ready? This is a little bit of case study. Now we're going to get into the text. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire. That word can be translated covet, deeply desire, chase after the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now, I, I told you two weeks ago, this is really important, this, this phrase here, the gifts of the Spirit, that's one word in the Greek, pneumaticos, which, which the best translation we, we, we have, I, I think, is the stuff the Spirit does. And so every time you see the word spiritual in Greek, and every time you see the word gifts in Greek, they're never used together like you see in your English translation. So you see gifts used many times, charis in the Greek. You see pneumaticos used many times but not together. So this is not those two words. This is the best translation. Desire the stuff the Spirit does. You guys tracking with me? Okay, so again, if, you, if you're like, what are we talking about? Go back two weeks, catch that. It'll make a lot more sense. Um, but this is the, he's saying, hey, desire the stuff the Spirit does, especially prophecy. And again, that word gift is not here. Here's why this is important. Prophecy is open to all followers of Jesus. That's what I'm here to tell you today, not just those with the gift of prophecy. And to be clear, and we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, there are people with the gift of prophecy in the same way that we read about people with the gift of evangelism. There are some people that have a gift that God has wired into you, a disposition where maybe you're naturally good at something that, that's, that can be true of you. But just because, looking around the room. Somebody, I don't know, I just want to like pick a name, Isaac, wherever you are. Uh, just because Isaac has the gift of evangelism, there you are, and uh, um, doesn't mean I'm exempt from living on mission and making disciples, does it? Does that, does that make sense? Like, like just because someone's gifted doesn't mean that I'm not called to it. And so someone can have the gift of prophecy doesn't mean it's not available based on what we're seeing here in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. You guys tracking with me? Okay, okay, I'm just trying to help us as a church. This is a pivotal space of moving into all that God wants to do in this community. And so again, we read about these gifts, but when we're, when we're talking about it, there is the gift, and then there's the stuff the Spirit does. So what does Paul mean here by prophecy? That's probably what you're asking. Like, What are we talking about real time? Let me give you two definitions that I think are super helpful. Two really smart dudes. Number one is Wayne Grudem. You can pick up his book on prophecy. It's incredible. Uh, um, he says prophecy is speaking what God spontaneously brings to mind. That's not weird, is it? It's like, like really normal, speaking what God spontaneously brings to mind. Greg Haslam gives a way more dense definition, but we're going to walk through it. <laughs> um, he says, prophecy is a phenomenon that results directly from the access the Holy Spirit has to our minds. Don't miss this. Whereby he can create pictures in our imagination, Supernatural dreams while we're asleep. He can put words, ideas, scriptures into our heads with such force that we know that there's something weighty and unforgettable going on. 
something that carries with it the responsibility to pass on and relay what the Holy Spirit has communicated. So again, we're, we're talking about like, okay, what, what is prophecy? How, how, do we, how do we press into it, open up our lives to if God wants to do this? Again, this is not a switch you activate. This is not a Holy Spirit powers active. It's not what we're talking about. This is the stuff the Spirit does, and if he wants to do it through you, he can. That makes sense? So we're opening up our lives to this space, not saying we're going to do it, because this is not for us to do. But again, if not the primarily, primary like audible voice of God that we're operating in here, like, like what are we talking about? We're talking about impressions. So again, if you're taking loads, let me just walk through his definition for a second. Scripture, right? Like you might be praying over someone, and then a scripture comes to mind. That's prophecy. Lean into it. God, what, what is this? What do you want me to do with this? Uh, I, just the other day, I, I was praying over someone, and a scripture came to mind. And they're struggling with, with feelings of doubt and depression and aloneness and separation. And from, from John 14, the verse about adoption came to mind. And I sat in it and I asked, and I read it, and I said, hey, does this verse mean anything to you? And God used it to lift their heart and soul out of a really heavy headspace. It was amazing. Not profound, just a moment of a scripture came to mind. It could be a word or a phrase. Like I told you earlier, like the other day, anxiety came to mind. But it could be, you know, you're praying over someone and, or you're sitting in silence and the word hope comes up or, or the word stop comes up or the word love or, or again, adopted came to mind the other day when I was praying for that individual or, or a phrase like be patient. Or that you're, just, you're just listening for what comes to mind. It could be a picture, right? Maybe you're more visual and I think God speaks to us in a little bit of how we're wired. There's a really good chance of that. And so maybe for you, you're more visual, and so you get kind of a picture in mind. I told you about the story when I was in India a couple of weeks ago, and we're praying together, and one of the guys looks up, and he says, hey, I had a picture of a businessman in my mind, and we were getting ready to go out into the streets and, and share the good news. And guess who I run into in the bathroom line at Starbucks? The guy he had a picture of in his mind, and I'm like, I don't have a category for that, but that's amazing. And I got to share the gospel with him. It was super cool. It could be a picture or, or a short film, like kind of a sequence of pictures. It could be a gut feeling, you know, like, like I'm, I'm, a more, I'm more of like a gut guy. And so it could be a gut feeling that you get from God. Like, you know, in a situation, you're like, I don't know how I feel about that. Or like, I really feel compelled this way or that. Now, to be clear, you know, you need to wrestle with like, okay, is this like Thai food or Jesus that I'm feeling right now? Okay. And, and just for, I'm just letting you know, like just for what it's worth, it's not always Jesus. Okay. And so we, we, we approach this conversation with a ton of humility. You're not Moses, and neither am I. We are open to what God wants to do, but we do it with a ton of humility, so it's not always Jesus for what it's worth, okay? And, and for what it's, like, I know some of you, you, you've had, like, backgrounds and abuse, and you've seen these things used out of alignment, and we are super attentive to that, and so we're not about those spaces of abuse or misuse in this space. We're going to give you some guardrails there. It might be a feeling or a sensation in your body as you're praying. Uh, last week, uh, one of the guys that we help uh, work with some campus ministry at CU, uh, his name is Bo, and he comes up to me after the service, and he says, hey, while we were praying, and as we were sitting there, I had, I had, uh, I, I don't remember in detail now, he's like, hey, I had a pain in my wrist and in my neck and in one other place. He's like, I don't have pain in those areas ever. And so he's like, as I was praying, I had these sensations in my body. You're the pastor, you do what you want with it. And I was like, hold on, Bo, I haven't taught on this yet, so chill out, dude. And so uh, um, I just, like, generically invited everyone to come receive prayer if you needed it. Uh, um, but it might be a sensation in your body where, where God might be telling you kind of a mirror of someone else's body that maybe he wants to do something in and through that. Um, it could be a dream or a vision. This is, you know, versus sleep, sleeping versus awake. I've never had God showing up in a, in a dream to me. But again, just asking. 
recently I've been asking, hey God, if, if you want to speak through dreams, I'd be down. Because I don't remember my dreams anyway. So like, if you want to you show up there, that'd be cool. So not yet, but I, I've been asking for it. So again, these are, this is what it looks like when we're talking about letting the Spirit work in and through uh, us and in the, in the gift of prophecy, okay? So let's go on to 1 Corinthians 14 because there's some context here that matters. He goes on. Anyone who speaks in a tongue or another language does not speak to people but to God. And, and we'll talk about this in a couple weeks, so, so stay with me because he's, he's flip-flopping on an argument. Indeed, no one understands them because they're uttering mysteries in the Spirit, speaking of uh, uh, talking in other languages. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. He gives us the purpose of prophecy. You see, why would we press into this? Why would we open up our lives to this as a church on the weekends in our city groups? Like, why would we be open to this at all? And here's why for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The reason Paul says, hey, desire this gift of, above all else is because it builds other people up. I don't want you to miss this. Listen, I don't know your exposure to Jesus and church and community and all that stuff, but this is what the voice of God sounds like. Strengthening, encouraging, comforting. That's what the voice of God sounds like. And listen, it, it doesn't mean in this there's not correction. Like, it doesn't mean there's not correction for sin when we're out of alignment, but, but there's this unique space of conviction from the Spirit. Like, like, when someone comes to me and says, hey, this is out of alignment, it's like that good kind of pain. You're like, oh, yeah, like, and, and it's a correction that actually leads to life, and it was better. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, where you feel good from a correction versus feeling like you got busted in the mouth. And so I, I just need you to understand, when we're listening for the voice of God, the enemy's voice doesn't sound like this. There's, there's an enemy of your soul, and his voice sounds like guilt, and shame. It sounds like no one loves you. It sounds like you're a disappointment. You might as well give up. You shouldn't go back there. You shouldn't go to community. You shouldn't be honest. You shouldn't be transparent. You shouldn't let them know what's going on in your life. Go ahead and take your life. That's the voice of the enemy, and that is not God's voice over your life. And so when you have anxiety running through your head, and you have just a, a spirit saturated with fear and worry or depression, those are not from God and his spirit. And so the way that you know the difference between prophecy and what God is doing in and through his church and other voices is prophecy is always going to build you up. Even if it's a hard conversation, it's always gonna build you up and these other voices are gonna tear you down and leave you defeated. And so God's voice is going to build you up via prophecy. Why wouldn't you want that? How many times do you show up to Citigroup needing a word of encouragement? How many times have you showed up on a, on a Sunday gathering needing to be built up? And how amazing would it be if God used you to do that in someone else's life? That's why Paul says we should desire this. And what this does for you is it builds you up to where you're like, yeah, I can take on the world or at least get out of bed tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Like depending on where you are, that's the space that a word of prophecy can leave us in. Now he goes on in verse four. Anyone who speaks in a tongue or another language edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, again, desiring these languages, but I would rather priority have you prophesy, because the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church might be edified or, or built up. I'm, I'm going to invite Daniel to come, and as he comes, I'm just, I'm just helping us process this text together, Okay. I need you to understand that when we're talking about prophecy, it's, it's rarely about the future. 
More times, than, like it's, it's primarily about right now, what we're doing right now with our lives. It's less like prediction and more like preparation. Like this is how you should be living right now. That's the purpose of a word of prophecy. Now watch what Paul says in, these ne- in kind of the end of, of chapter 14, verse 29. He says two or three prophets should speak. He said, hey, this is important. This should be a part of the rhythms of a healthy church. And we're talking about large gatherings, small gatherings. Two or three pro- prophets should speak and the others should, give, uh, should weigh carefully what is said. Do not miss that warning. What does Paul do? He receives a word from Agabus. Everyone's like, don't go, stay, stay, stay. He weighs it carefully. Correct revelation, wrong interpretation. Weigh carefully what is is said. Prophecy is not error-free. We're going to be really intentional in that. But also verse 39, check it out. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. This is the space, man. We open up our lives to let God do this in and through our community. Don't forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Not weird. Not out of hand. Not strange. Not for yourself. Not to look good. This is about what God might want to do in and through our community. And so let's talk about the how for just a second as we land the plane today. How do we open up our lives to the Spirit's work of prophecy? And I told you on the beginning, I'm in this journey with you. I've been charismatic with a seatbelt for a long time, and I, had, I just didn't know. Like, how, how do we walk in the stuff that the Spirit wants to do? This is where we are today. We're learning together as a community, large gatherings, small gatherings. How do we open up our lives to the Spirit's work of prophecy? So let me give you just a couple of tips, okay? Number one, create space and start with listening prayer. I just get quiet. Quiet your heart. Quiet your mind. Again, this can be in your group. This can be a weekend gathering. This can be before you go to work on a Monday morning. This can be in your car. This can be on your bike. And all you're going to ask, listen, God, is there anything that you want to say to or through me? That's it. God, is there anything you want to say to me or through me? And then be quiet. And we create space. The second thing is see what comes to mind. Right? Does a scripture pop in your mind? Does a word, a person, a phrase, a picture, whether you're praying over an individual or you're praying over a group of people, whatever it is, what comes to mind? And then, very simply, you ask God for an interpretation and an application. God, what does this mean? This verse that came into my mind. This picture, this word, this phrase. And then what should I do with this? That's important, okay? Don't jump the gun. God, what do I do with this? Like, ask, who is this for? When is this for? God, is this for right now? Like, do I need to get up in the second set and walk across the room and, and go share this with somebody in the room today? Or is this for coffee next week? Or we let God speak into this space. And then, deliver the message. And, and let me just give you some, some helpful encouragement here, okay? Don't, don't show up and say, hey, God told me. That's a bad recipe for disaster, okay? You're not that good. <laughs> Neither am I. So tons of humility. Don't say that. And you, and you know this because it can be abused. Prophecy is not error-free. We're just open to what God wants to do. So rather than God told me, say, hey, I have a sense. Hey, maybe this is from God. Do whatever you want with it. 
Hey, I keep hearing this. The other day, someone, uh, we were on the phone, and, and we were talking, and I was walking through some hard stuff and trying to process it. And then this person on the other line, they said, okay, I'm about to give you some advice that just came into my mind. And I'm pretty sure it's from God because I would never tell you to do this. <laughs> and then they said it, and I was like, and, it, and guys, it hit me, I mean, square in the chest. Like, it was so clearly a word from God. It's exactly what I needed to hear. It's not, I did not want to hear it for what it's worth. And it was a really cool moment of like, wow, thank you for that. So again, maybe this is from God. I keep hearing this. Does this mean anything to you? Phrases like that. You guys got it? Humility is the posture. I'm just not sure. But humility with courage, okay? Listen, it can be scary to like reach out and be like, man, I, I keep praying and you're just on my mind. Right? I've seen this over you, whatever it is. And then listen, love is always the motive here. It's never anger. It's never pride. It's never God told me, never any of that. Paul told us what, what it's going to do. Even if, if it's a rebuke, the person that receives it should always walk away feeling encouraged and strengthened. Here's a word of warning for us, okay? First Thessalonians, just to kind of the, to package it all up. Paul warns us, he says, don't quench the spirits. Spirits often referred to as like a fire, right? So don't douse the spirit. How do we do that? By treating prophecies with contempt. To, to, to push the voice of God away like, man, kind of that skeptical mindset. He says, don't do that. But test them all. You guys got it? Test them all. I feel like Uncle Ben, Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. Again, for Agabus, what was it? The picture was right. The interpretation was wrong. And so let me give you a couple of just, again, how do we test? Because I think we need, we need guardrails in this. How do we test a word of prophecy? I don't want you to just run off and Start shooting from the hip. How do we test a word of prophecy? Number one, is it in line with the scriptures? I told you a couple of weeks ago, and this is so important. The Holy Spirit's not going to contradict scripture. There's no God told me or God said outside and out of alignment with the scriptures. So you can always test it up against that without even having to worry about it, okay? Number two, ask the question, is it strengthening encouraging and comforting. If someone comes to you with a word of prophecy, you test it. You test it. Even if it's a rebuke, it should fall into this space, strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. I'll give you a story. When I was in college, I was dating this girl that I should not have been dating. And I was dating her way longer than I should have ever been dating her. And two years in, I was like at that place of like, weighing the consequence of like, is it worth breaking off all, all of the relationship for the pain that we have to endure? Is it easier just to stay in this terrible relationship so I don't have to deal with that? Back and forth, trying to figure it out. And I, and I think I knew the right thing to do. You know, you know you've been there, right? <laughs> like, you know what you should do, but you don't want to do it. And my roommate came to me. I didn't ask him his opinion whatsoever. And he comes to me in a moment of very, uh, just perfect timing. And he says, man, you know you need to break up with her, right? Like, you know this is not God's will for your life. And in that moment, it set me free 
to make the decision that I've been holding on to internally for a long, long time. And in that moment, his encouragement, it was hard, it was hard to hear, but it gave me permission to get out of something that God did not have for me in the first place. And I do not regret that decision for a moment, other than that it lasted two years longer than it should. Uh, but other than that part, man, so grateful that he came and he spoke into my life. So here's my last encouragement for you is when it comes to prophecy, eat the fish and leave the bones, okay? Just be open to what God wants to do and what he wants to say. But also let's understand that it's not error-free and neither are we. Let's do it with a ton of humility. But let me give you a couple of things. If you're not a Jesus follower in the room as we, as we kind of close out the service and begin to enter into a time of response, I, I just want you to understand the most clear word from God for you and I today is Jesus himself. Like, like, I know prophecy might be a really big conversation. If you're new to church, you're like, man, I did not know what I was walking into. I get it. But let me just tell you this. The clearest word from God is Jesus himself. You want to know what God is like? Jesus said, look at me. You don't need a word of prophecy to know that God loves you. Because God's already proven that love for you by sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins to be buried and rise again. Not because we deserve it, not because we can earn it, but because his love is that incredible that he'd make a way for us even when we didn't know we needed a way. And so God has already proclaimed his love for the world and for you specifically through Jesus. He punctuated that reality through the resurrection. We don't believe in Jesus. We don't believe in this stuff. We don't believe in the scriptures because your mama said or your grandma said or because the Bible says we follow Jesus because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Everything else falls in place because Jesus was who he said he was and he can do in our lives what he said he would do. And so my invitation for you very simply is if you're not a follower of Jesus, the invitation is not to swallow everything today and yeah, let's go. It's, it's to respond to Jesus. Jesus said, repent and believe. Change the way that you think about being human, what you think you know about God, what you think it means to follow Jesus, what you think it means to be made right with God. He said, change the way that you think, agree with me, and trust in me that I did for you what no one else could do and you could never do for yourself. To repent and believe is to trust in the person and work of Jesus on your behalf. And if you have never done that, that is your next step. And there is a God who loves you waiting on the other side of that decision. If you're a follower of Jesus in the room, the simple invitation is that we would be open to the stuff the Spirit wants to do in our community and through our lives. And so the natural kind of safe place for this is your city groups. This week, you might have someone who, who needs healing or, or, or just needs some wisdom or a word of encouragement, and you might just take some time. We're going to have a practice for this in the group anyway, but maybe there's just one person in your group, and you guys all lay hands on them and just pray for them. Whatever they're walking through, ask for wisdom and see if God gives anyone in the room a word of encouragement or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. But before we close out our time, I'm just going to give us 60 seconds of awkward silence to really drive it home, Okay. So will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? As you bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm just gonna uh, pray for us and then we're gonna sit in silence for just a second to listen and then we're gonna respond. So God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for making your home in our hearts. Thank you for this collective body that you show up and in your presence is real in. Thank you for Jesus 
dying for us and rising again to give us new life. Right now we want to create space. Is there anything you want to say to us this morning? Anything you want to say through us this morning? Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts and our minds to you. You would do in this space whatever you'd like to do. It's in Jesus' name.